WDBM East Lansing. 89 FM. The Impact. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure gives a voice to our community and provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, this is Impact Exposure. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to Exposure on Impact 89FM. I'm your host, Abby Newton, but tonight we have a special edition of Exposure as we turn into Sexposure and talk about, well, all things sex. <laughs> Spinderella, cut it up one time. Hit me. Today I have with me an esteemed panel of sex experts. Let me introduce the table. I'm Kevin Bader. I'm a health educator at Olin Health Center. And I'm Dr. Tina Tim, associate professor in the School of Social Work and also a sex therapist in the community. Hi there. I'm Janelle Marie, and I'm the founder of the STDproject.com, the spokesperson for PositiveSingles.com, and the STD expert for Answers.com. Boy, I don't have that elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just Dr. D. I'm here. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> and I've been here a long time. I'm the uh, director of health education. You always need that perspective. So yeah, welcome. You're esteemed now yes, also. Esteemed. She tacked that on. I like that. Esteemed. <laughs> That's I like right. That. Um, but before we get started, I think it's important that we remember why we do this. You know, I don't think it's us just sitting here talking about sex, but I think it's for a bigger message. And I think Dennis, Dr. D, has a good <laughs> kind of insight on that. Yeah, well, go ahead, turn right to me when I'm in a fog. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've done this, what now, 10, 12 years? Mm -hmm. And it's really just about uh, talking to people and normalizing what sex and sexuality, sensuality is all about, you know, and, and giving people a forum, giving people the opportunity to have conversation about that. I've always found that if you give people the opportunity to have conversation about it, and you do it in a safe, supportive environment, then they will do it. Mm -hmm. No, it's uh, and, and we love doing it on Impact. Impact rocks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always been my favorite radio station across the U.S. as I travel. Well, Impact. My heart is pittering and pattering at the moment. <laughs> 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 um, but Kevin, what are we talking about today? Well, I think you made an awesome list. I've been out of town, so you thankfully made a great oh, list. Funny. And I think the most popular one that we kind of all picked out was kissing. <laughs> um, but. We couldn't, I don't know, talk about kissing for an hour, but we could. Um, but I think it involves a lot more than just kissing. Mm -hmm. It involves the 
whatever we are doing while we're kissing, which is touching, you know, the smell of each other's breath even. Like, there's all the senses that are involved. So mm -hmm. uh, Dr. D made a great point in, in kind of throwing sensuality into it and mm -hmm. talking about the basis of whether or not sensuality is different from sexuality mm -hmm. with students and, and uh, young people, if they see that there's a difference or is it interchangeable for them. Mm -hmm. um, in all reality, through the research, we find out that they're very different. They don't need to necessarily be synonymous. And so we're starting out with sensuality, moving into kissing, and then, of course, everyone's favorite, public displays of affection. Mm -hmm. so. well, you, you got this six-page document. It's five pages. Five-page document, and I walked in, I read the first line, and I'm going, this is so Kevin. Se sex is not just about penetration or uh, orgasms. You had to put that in the very first well, line. Because yeah. <laughs> the first question I asked, do we, do we use sexuality and sensuality interchangeably? Because they're not the same mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And so I had to kind of start out, since it's sex exposure, talking about sex and how, how sensuality plays into it. But mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be linked. Well, I think that's really important because... To me, that was I was riding over here thinking the same thing. Like we talk about sexuality a lot and being comfortable with your sexuality and your sexual health and blah blah blah. But what does and when I look at it from a linguistic standpoint, to me, sensuality is oven relating to the senses and mm -hmm. sexuality is oven relating to sex. Exactly. Whereas like sensuality can and probably should be incorporated into sexuality. I think that they're obviously, like you said, they're entirely different, really, mm -hmm. in terms of their actual definition themselves. But we use them verbally and when we're just chatting about these kinds of things interchangeably. I wonder why that is. Mm -hmm. And even so when we, like, I don't know, when somebody says, like, somebody's eating that very sensually, I even mm -hmm. have a hard time kind of separating myself from, like... That being sexy. Are they, are they, ta are they eating it very sex <laughs> sexually? Like, right, no, right. they're it's just true. eating it very, like... Like they're into it. It's it's indulging mm -hmm. their senses. So what you're yes. saying, Kevin, is when you see somebody eating an orange, you think it's about orgasms. No, I'm thinking when they eat a banana, they're <laughs> talking <laughs> about oral sex. <laughs> no, no. But like it can easily, if you're just not, it's not in your vocabulary. Yeah. I mean, I don't use sensual that often. Like, I, want, I, I want to ask Dr. Tim to weigh in here because, <laughs> Please do. you know, it's uh, the whole concept of sensuality. You know that we know that the research on babies shows that the two predominant senses they use, you know, to interact with the world are a sense of smell and a mm. sense of touch. Mm -hmm. And if we're really going to intertwine intimacy, the true definition of intimacy, into this whole conversation about sensuality and sexuality, where, where do you think sensuality is in this conversation? Well, I think it, it the root of the word is, mm -hmm. does have to do with the senses and I think um, in, in some of the beginning behavioral homework exercises that I send couples home to do who come to me who are having difficulties mm -hmm. related to sexuality, mm -hmm. this is a really important shift that we make from the get-go. Mm -hmm. We take sexuality off the table because that is associated with um, hurt feelings and um, feelings of failure anxiety, and all right. performance anxiety and all kinds of stuff like that and we mm -hmm. want them to get back to the basics and we want them to be doing things that they know how to do and that they're guaranteed to be successful at mm. and so I send them home with uh, uh, um, touching exercises mm. that where they can um, which are essentially mindfulness exercises and I ask them to see and hear and smell and touch and experience each other um, as much as humanly possible with that new, um, uh, as if they were touching for the first time. Mm -hmm. 
because they haven't done that in a really long time. It's been very goal oriented, mm-hmm. you know, related it to. It doesn't need to necessarily end related in that sex to, act. Yeah. You know? And being goal oriented isn't mindful. I love mm-hmm. that you pointed mm-hmm. out that sensuality requires you to be mindful right. because you have to be aware of exactly what's going on at that time and place and focused on that as opposed to mm-hmm. the outcome, right. the big O or the whatever it is your outcome is. Right. You know? And if you would have kept reading, Dennis, the first <laughs> line I like does I say. Past the first does this, <laughs> it does say <laughs> sex is not just orgasm, about pre- penetration or orgasm. <laughs> it is a sensual experience that involves all your senses mm-hmm. in your whole body. Thinking sensual mm-hmm. can remove any performance anxiety and leave you free to enjoy the experience, mm-hmm. whatever the outcome Okay, we be. know you work mm-hmm. for Hallmark. I mean, that's right, right, right. <laughs> the word say let it. Me, <laughs> let me <laughs> ask Dr. Tim again, though. Well, let, me just, let me just elaborate okay. a little bit. People aren't good at this. Right. Mm-hmm. Why is that? We what, are we scared? We or? have, we, I, I think, Dennis, even in your email, you said it's kind of a lost art. I would, I would say that's definitely true, but people are busy and they get right. very focused on getting from one point to the next mm-hmm. and we don't notice things um, like we should. And so I, in session, before I send them home to do this exercise that they're, what we want them to do at, um, and have success doing, um, I have them, you know, I have all kinds of random things in my office. I say, okay, you pick up the tissue box and, you know, you pick up this thing over here. And I say, now I want you to look at it and I want you to touch it and feel it and explore it. And then I ask them to describe it to me using mm-hmm. all five senses mm-hmm. uh, just to give them that concrete experience of what I'm asking them to then try to do at home on their own. Um, but you do. You have to get back to the basics mm-hmm. and back to the training wheels because they want to be riding, you know, two wheel bikes with no with no hands. Mm-hmm. But they don't have the the basics yet. Yeah, well, it's interesting because looking uh, farther down the agenda, there was a quote. It said, "Central people mm-hmm. savor the world around them, not simply observe it. They experience each task rather than rush through it to get to some imagined end. And in doing so, live a more passionate and appreciate appreciative existence." Mm-hmm. So we were even talking about that before we started the show about oh my gosh it's a busy time of year we're doing this this and this where you know you can see how this can translate into our sex life into understanding and experiencing your partner Mm -hmm. and in that being sensual with your partner Mm -hmm. so kevin has pulled you to the hallmark side i'm so sorry i'm done (laughs) 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 let's Let's get to the nitty-gritty dr t let me say uh, dr t even when you prescribe touching to somebody the cultural uh, conceptual viewpoint of the, I would say, the uh, normal man or woman, even when you say touch, there's a sexual context to mm-hmm. that. So how do you get them to, I mean, we live in a sensory world, everything we experience. So it's not, I don't know if I buy that we don't have time for it. Is it that we don't acknowledge the senses anymore? We live in a sensory world. So when you say touch, do you talk about from point A to point B, how the senses how you feel that? Because I know when I used to practice and do that, do sensate focus, I tell someone to touch. Right away, the touch goes to the erogenous zones or goes to mm. somewhere else. Or the concept of touching is all about how does it stimulate me? Mm. Yeah, so I have to, I do this, it takes me like 30 minutes to yes. tell them about the exercise because in the initial exercises, breast, buttocks, and genitals are off limits, mm-hmm. not allowed. Um, just for that very reason Mm -hmm. because this is not about stimulating this is not about arousal Mm -hmm. this is about just um, experiencing and being mindful so it isn't just about touch that's only one of the five senses Mm -hmm. it is about experiencing each other and and I love it I've never had two couples that have ever done it the same exact way it's very much a Rorschach of 
their personalities and their relationship status, and mm. you gain a lot of information by how they how they implement that and what they what they do with it. But um, I think lots of people, when they, they assume that you're supposed to touch with your hands, and I love the creative people that come back and they say, oh, no, I touched with my cheek, I touched with my feet, I, mm-hmm. you know, used my forearm, mm-hmm. I used my calf, and, and, and I That's love great. that because mm-hmm. they automatically saw the box as being bigger than what most people do. That think and it just takes thinking for a minute, you know? Like, it mm-hmm. actually takes some work. And I don't think, Dennis, it's that we don't have enough time. I think we get lazy mm-hmm. and kind of lackadaisical in our approach, especially because what I'm hearing from Dr. T is that you're talking to couples who are somewhat established. Like, I don't notice this when it's first a new relationship. It's all about, like... They're just hanging out together. You can lay in bed and not even engage in any sort of real sexual activity, but you're staring at each other, you're talking to each other, you're touching maybe on the arm and stuff, and you're so engaged and you're not interested in, like, that that goal, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, to me, the disconnect or, or what breaks my heart. is like, why does that stop? Why do we become lazy in it, you know? We, we, we become monosensory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mostly visual. Mm-hmm. And, and, we can start talking about texting and, and technology <laughs> and stuff again, but it's become monosensory. We don't pay as much attention. I had an experience this morning that made me think about this. I went to my uh, neurologist because I've ha- been having some problems with my spine, and he touched me on my left leg, and he said, so I want you to, f- I want you to concentrate and tell me how that feels. What is the distinction between the left and the right legs? Because I have numbness in my right leg. So you really need to focus on this. You really need to focus on what type of experience you're having in your leg. And it made me go back to the days when we talked about sensate focus and talked about that a partner has to tell the other partner exactly how that feels. Does it feel like it's? Uh, does it feel like it's temperature? Does it feel like it's pressure? Does how does it feel? Mm-hmm. And I think we've lost that because we, you know, touch. It's just touch. It's not really the sensuousness it was supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. It's interesting as you say that, and excuse me, as we talk about it used to be, or it being goal-oriented, because when you think about, for instance, sexuality, sensuality, you start thinking about almost like a pyramid, you know, where you're working your way up, you're working Mm -hmm. your way up to that orgasm or something, whereas if you look at it as a straight line, it's dynamic, or like a waved line, you know, in terms of we feel different things here, we've got to continue to explore, we start to smell, we start to feel, we start to taste, and all those things combined make that wave rather than that like pyramid, Mm -hmm. that straight line up. Or even like a circle. Like, right. Yeah, there's circle. no necessarily one destination, but they're mm-hmm. all fun places to experience right. and to really become more whole and intimate with whoever it is, you know, even mm-hmm. even a friend. I mean, I think you can even be central with close friends in a non-sexual way. If you're sitting and enjoying mm-hmm. a coffee and a donut and you're talking about how, how wonderful it is and you're enjoying the mm-hmm. atmosphere and there's nice music at the coffee shop and you're just enjoying the conversation and mm-hmm. the communication with your friend and the and the experience of the things you're tasting and that, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. of that can but also... But therein lies the problem. And let me, let me, I know Gabby's in there, so Gabby might answer this too but I'll focus to Abby. When someone says to you, uh, boy, that person really looks sensuous, hmm. what, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Oh, they're hitting at them or they're into do you, hear, do you hear people use the word anymore? I know. No. I, honestly, I, I, I don't think I've ever thing. heard someone say, you I look sensuous. <laughs> Not at all. Maybe no. excite. Market, like, marketing wow. does. You see in commercials. Okay. You know, it's true. You see with Victoria's Secret. You see with that when they talk about sensuous. What do you think when someone says, Gabby, you can you can join here. Hmm. When someone says they look sensuous or that's a sensuous product, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? 
Oh, that's tough. I guess, and you know, it's funny. I'm trying to erase now because once you said, you know, the marketing Victoria's Secret, those different things popped in my mind. But mm-hmm. at first, I saw someone like smiling really big and just enjoying where they were, <laughs> you know, like walking down the sidewalk, just like excited because I looked back at that quote in terms of like, you know, enjoying the experience. I know that mm-hmm. probably wasn't the answer you wanted. <laughs> no, I would say that, but we know you're unusual. We know you're, you're It's weird. In a good way. In a very good way. But, yeah. That's interesting because you don't uh, but I think hear most that people much. would say uh, sex. Sex, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They ooze sexuality mm-hmm. and they mix sensuality with sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and is it because sensuality should or is such a big part of sexuality? I mean, if you think about it, you are touching, tasting, feeling during this sexuality act. So maybe that's kind of where that association started and hasn't... And I think Dr. T has been here before when we've done this, Janelle. I don't know if you, when, when we talked about, you know, the years when I, when I taught human sexuality and we do the turn-ons and turn-offs, the top turn-ons over almost 15 years of collecting them, top turn-ons had to do with sense of smell mm. and touch, and top turn-offs were bad smell mm. And no touch. So it can mm-hmm. go right to, or wrong right. very Well, mm-hmm. but you, it yeah. shows you the two predominant senses that people kind of associate with turn-ons or turn-offs with sexuality, touch, and smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, That's interesting because <clears throat> earlier we were talking about kissing before the show a little bit, and I was reading some articles Kevin sent, and it said, um, humans kiss because it helps us sniff out a quality mate. Mm. When faces are close, pheromones talk, exchanging biological information about whether or not two people make strong offspring. So it's very interesting how, you know, kissing it's such a, I'm, it seems like it's such an important part of the sensuality, of the sexuality, and then that comes back with the smell. So it's, it was really interesting reading that. I, I, was, I was like, wow, I had yeah. no idea. How often, maybe this will make you think, how often <laughs> when you kiss someone or have kissed someone, do you smell at the same time? Almost immediately. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Like, it's part of, yeah. <laughs> and how do you relate the quality of that, that touching experience to the quality of the olfactory experience it's amazing you, you sometimes you say they're a good kiss or a bad kisser based on the smell rather than the touch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's I think very it's interesting because huh. now you're going to go home and kiss your husband or your mate and go <laughs> <laughs> smell the breath right before they go in <laughs> well, I, what i think is interesting about those being so distinctly related to turn offs turn ons and turn offs is it goes back to the two primary senses of an infant mm-hmm. as well being touch and smell mm-hmm. that uh, that's it's very hardwired part of our brain in terms yeah. of connection and really survival mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's interesting wow even as our relationships as a kid kind of you mentioning as a kid like uh reading an article they were mentioning like you know when kids meet for the first time they'll stare at each other they'll look at each other but then they'll start engaging in body contact and and then as you get older you keep you know developing your intellect and you're more reliant on hearing and seeing and and that stuff so that that's all you need to get out of it because you're building your intellect but as a kid you you look back at children and they're so touchy they'll grab something Mm -hmm. I mean you might yell at them most times say no 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 don't grab them like that no 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 you shouldn't hit that way or no you shouldn't grab them like that keep your hands to yourself exactly keep your hands to yourself but they're so like yeah they might stare at each other right away but Mm -hmm. then they become more reliant on the touching and Mm -hmm. and and that's I guess the basic level but where do we like I said do we just get so reliant on that seeing thing, mm. or uh, or 
even hearing more so rather than the touch and the feel. And the fact that adults cut it off too because we don't hold hands with our best friends like we used to when we were little. We don't sit next to them as close as we did on a bus or on a on a Definitely. public transport or something mm -hmm. like that. Even people we love dearly. Like I don't even kiss my family members as much as I did. We still kind of were kind of a kissing family, but sure. it's but that even is less it than it down, was. Yeah. And does that relate to why we now have a disconnect between our sexuality and intimacy and sensuality because there's also an overall disconnect between mm -hmm. that. We're just not touching as much, and, so we don't know how to do it are, as well. There are cultures that I've seen that, I mean, it's it's very ingrained that their best friends do hold hands, mm -hmm. like, all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the same time, you might see somebody that, even though they hold hands with their best friend when it comes to talking about holding hands with a significant other, it's a little different. It's different. They'll, be, they'll be like, oh, no, 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 that's, right. and I think, we don't talk about that. And that mm -hmm. comes more back to the cultural context, mm -hmm. the social context of where you are. But it's funny, I think we can learn something from babies and infants because mm -hmm. as they're trying to experience and explore, they're grabbing each other, biting each other, mm -hmm. touching each other, you know, smelling each other, mouth, like yeah. licking each other. Right. <laughs> you know, so maybe we should look back at that. I know, right? <laughs> like, 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 to do everyone yeah. New relationship Rhonda, building. Rhonda Bachman, who's a nutritionist, who is actually retired, always shows this picture in the beginning of her lecture of her daughter when she was three with spaghetti all over her <laughs> face completely and it was it's such a sensuous picture in the sense that she's she's smelling the food she's feeling the food she's trying to figure out what it's all about and it's fun mm -hmm. you know but uh dr t as far as in therapy or when you see couples how do you talk to them about kissing do you talk to them about, uh, is, is it something we think is the most sensual, I'll, I'll put myself up there. I think kissing is probably the most sensuous thing we can do. You know, people would argue that, oh no, intercourse and stuff. No, I, I, but what do you talk to them about? Do, do most couples not like to kiss anymore? Is it? Well, I think in the, uh, certainly as part of the assessment that I do, I ask about everything, not just, you know, how things are going in terms of sexual performance or, you know, what the what the dilemma is that they're coming in with. And it is shocking to me how um, devoid of sensuality mm -hmm. their relationship often is. And it, like I said, it has become very um, goal-oriented. And I think part of having it be more filled with anxiety and pressurized mm -hmm. that, that they've thrown out the stuff that takes that slows it down and mm -hmm. takes more time mm -hmm. and is more connecting and they're just they're just uh, eye on the prize but mm -hmm. they never get the prize and they miss out on so many things along the way so to answer your question I I think overall I'm dismayed kind of like you are mm -hmm. that it is something that that people let go by the wayside mm -hmm. and even though they might have kissed a lot early in the relationship mm -hmm. they just they do perfunctory hello goodbye good night Mm -hmm. kisses right that and you know there's a um a marital researcher who um challenges uh couples to do the six second kiss every day hmm. as part of their mm -hmm. uh relationship building and you know six seconds isn't that long but it's a lot different than a than that a peck on the cheek yeah. 
Um, so I think that that's it, it's I've given that assignment or that challenge <laughs> to my couples before, and some of them look like you know look at me like I just I have two heads. You've got to be kidding me. That's <laughs> like, that was yeah. That, that is. A, I mean, as you were talking, I was timing six seconds. Like oh yeah, it's a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but wow, that's interesting. You know, and the reason I asked you is because there mm-hmm. are some researchers out there that say couples who uh, forego kissing. Uh, have a higher disconnect as far as relationships goes because of the actual intimacy of bringing the two faces together. It's easier to have sex and not look at each other mm-hmm. than to actually bring two people together, uh, both physically and almost emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, six seconds is a long time. You know, going back to I know Pete, we were going to talk about PDA too, but why is it that I, you know I love my wife dearly and I love to hold hands with her all the time. And so when I'm out in public, I'm holding hands. And it's notorious. People will say, that's so cute. <laughs> You're right. And I'll go, wait a minute. It's, it's not cute. Why are you labeling? To me, it's, it's a connection. It, it mm-hmm. is what we are. It's what everyone should be. Mm-hmm. And I always, when I see folks holding hands together, I kind of like, yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're why? envious. They may not. But mm-hmm. is it envious it's... or is it a loss of connection or is it PDA that they don't? Maybe it's know. become a cute factor because it's, it's seen less and less. Because yeah. it's rare? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right. Rare. It's a novelty. Like, oh, right. wow, take a picture of that cute old couple. Like, I oh, see friends of mine doing hey, that wait, all the I'm time. Not, that old. <laughs> not even you guys, well, but friends old, will yeah. post on Facebook. Like, they'll catch somebody in, like, a bank, you know, and so they take the picture of the back of them. Right, and I think you are an anomaly. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think we feel like divorce is so prevalent that relationships only last so long unless you're in a great relationship and... To you Wait, or to them, I'm, it feels I'm normal. And so, like, <laughs> you, know, you are just special over here. As a person that's been through a couple relationships, you know, you you, you see something good in another relationship, and I do feel that like, mm-hmm. oh, I want that. Yeah, you know, that's true. Even I get a little sappy when I hear that notebook, you know, story of you know the old people are together yeah. through it all, no matter what, and, and you want you. that, and so that is so yeah. cute. It might be so natural to that person that's experiencing it, but man, as an onlooker, you're like. Mm-hmm. Something you'd strive to be, but may not be fully comfortable doing so, or haven't been in the past, and you just you want it, so it's that cute. Now you're not right. talking about the old couple that are sitting in the two tubs in the commercial that they're going to have <laughs> the, the Viagra commercials. That I haven't talking seen about. that. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. One. But, have you guys you know, seen the movie? Dr. Officer T. And a Dr. T. would probably say yes, too. Some so people, awesome. some <laughs> people have an aversion to touch, and some people just mm-hmm. don't necessarily like to touch. But how do you get that? Is it possible to get that back into a a relationship? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think, of course, in therapy, you start where the the person is, Mm -hmm. and and some people are less comfortable with it, and that can be for lots of different reasons. Uh, It can be for relational reasons that um, there's been lack of safety. It can be about just being disconnected and you Mm -hmm. don't feel as willing or um, that you want to even touch the other person but people can also have trauma backgrounds that Mm -hmm. make touch Mm -hmm. much more intimidating because that touch hasn't been safe in the past so there's lots of different reasons why people have different comfort levels and and you know you mentioned that the family that you grew up in is a large dictator Mm -hmm. of how comfortable you are Mm -hmm. with um, physical affection and hugging and then Absolutely. you know every show we talk about the love languages and mm-hmm. for for some people touch is a primary way of mm-hmm. feeling loved and for others it's the lowest on their list and right. and they 
they don't that's not how they feel most loved and they can almost be irritated by it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, I've, and I've had couples who who describe that and it's so hard for partners who want to be affectionate and they, then there's kind of this stiffening or this pulling away mm-hmm. um, from them and 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 that triggers and and pushes their own buttons and they feel rejected and then you're off to the races mm-hmm. then you're done well I own personally when I was listening to you talk about the six second kiss um, I kind of looked at it in a scenario like one, you're giving permission for them to do something that might be very awkward, but it's almost like, okay, we'll do it. We'll do, go through the exercise and we'll do it. And for a while, I can kind of see a couple chalk it up as, oh, we're doing the exercise. But then that one time where it becomes like the natural thing mm-hmm. and it becomes not not like the, oh, we're supposed to do this for, I don't know, it, just giving that permission almost like where it was an exercise that it to them for so long it seemed like the exercise and then by just simply doing it and forcing yourself to do it it just becomes a natural thing that you enjoy instead of that oh that six seconds you don't time it at Mm -hmm. some point it's almost like giving them permission to do this exercise so that eventually it doesn't become that exercise it's just something that you've never done before and that's interesting when you say permission because when we think about sensuality we come a lot with sexuality right Mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting because when you're in that moment or you're in the bedroom you're in a place where that sensuality almost has permission to come Mm -hmm. about because you know maybe in our society for instance we see the cute old couple holding hands we say oh that's I'm just kidding Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) the cute middle aged couple but she looked at me right (laughs) (laughs) it's radio it's the beauty of it Um, but you know we say oh that's so cute Mm mm-hmm And it's because I think, again, like, do we need that permission to experience that sensuality outside the bedroom? Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe we're a little scared to evoke those different senses. Well, and even not even if it's outside the bedroom or even if it's in the bedroom, but without it having to lead lead to to something else. Because I feel like in any long term relationship, in my personal experience, it's always like, we don't kiss as much like we did when we were first dating because that was more just exploring and mm. you didn't always necessarily then it didn't always lead to sex. So you got to just enjoy a good make out. Whereas now it's like if we make out, then well, sex is going to come. And right. that's not always what you want. You just want to enjoy a kiss with someone right. without having to feel pressure like, oh, if I don't make this mm-hmm. go to the next level, you're going to feel bad like I'm saying no or something. And that's you know? Are you open the box now, Janelle? Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. You're in trouble. I know, Jesus. No, I just have the question. The question I have, though, is, is what I'm talking about is reframing touch, mm-hmm. is bringing new meaning to touch. And even when somebody's holding your hand that you've been with 20 years, it's just reframing it. And, and what do you get out of that experience? What do you actually feel when you do it? But when you said you were making out, Mm-hmm. Were you making? Well, why were you not to not you have to divulge everything? Sure. Why would somebody make up? Why would somebody be in a make up session? Was it to lead to somewhere else, or was it to actually experience think, that connection? I think initially it's to kind of feel out that person. Mm-hmm. You're you're smelling, you're sensing, you're seeing how compatible kind of or how where so the is interest that passion? is. So a mm-hmm. little bit. That's more like intimacy, and that can lead to passion. And I almost feel like it fuels passion. So mm-hmm. then that's why it goes to the next level. But sometimes that's disappointing because I'm just enjoying a kiss. I love kissing. <laughs> and I just want to kiss for five hours. And I'm pretty sure that's also disappointing on the other end of the other person. You know? well, I also but. think that when you get, like, a great kiss, it's almost like, wow, we were really good at that. Let's continue. Let's what's, what's a great yeah. kiss, Kat? What's a great kiss? A great kiss to is you. When... What, what's, what's... Ooh, that oh, that's a great what, what, what does it mean? <laughs> what, what... Do I have to name names? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what entails a good kiss? Is it is it emotional? Is it physical? Mm-hmm. Is it auditory? Is it can it, I mean, what is it? It starts physical and goes to emotional. Because I, I feel like the good kiss was the one where I'm like, wow. 
to be honest, when I think of the good, the great kiss, I think it was physical first. And then, holy crap, there was no like, oh, let me readjust my position <laughs> of my head. It just happened to work and flow and that. See, I almost think the opposite. Like mm -hmm. when there's not, when I have an emotional connection with somebody that mm. like kind of spawns a kiss and then that's kind of like, a, oh, yay, I love your brain and you love my brain and your lips are good, too. And this is working <laughs> out. Like, you know, so I, I almost think it's a combination. Like, I, it, I guess it just depends on the situation. Sometimes there's just an attraction and you mm -hmm. want to kiss somebody because sure. you think they're hot. You know, the other time it is. But for really... what reason, you know? It's fun. It's a drive. It's, it's, it's instinctual it's, drive. You're not going to use the drive theory on I, me, I know. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> well, okay, no, Dr. Oh, what is that? What you... is that that just, like, looks and yeah. you're like, oh, I want to kiss you now just because right. you look good? Like, what is it that – I don't know. That's a great question. Well, I just – I mean, in trying – part of what, we're, what I'm trying to do is normalize mm -hmm. things, first of all, mm -hmm. because I think there is a permission factor. There is a mm – -hmm. yes, I can go back to that. And then I know Dr. Tim probably does, too, is actually prescribing – prescribing the symptomology or prescribing the things you want them to do uh, or that they don't feel they can do anymore. But what is it about the kiss? I mean, just because they're hot, I've, I've heard people say, it's really hot, but kisses, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, kiss. I've had that too. Yeah, that and, and so what, well. <laughs> what, makes, what makes the kiss, what makes the touch, what makes the bodies come together that you, you say, that was great, or you say, that really sucked? Hmm. Or what was it? What is it? So, because, you know, you said passion or intimacy leads to passion. I tend to think passion leads to intimacy. Mm. The passion defined is that is intense emotion in conflict. That's what passion is defined. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to figure things out and that yeah. figuring out and the kissing and the touching. It's all that. Mm -hmm. That's passion. And then intimacy to me is kind of that I like your brain. <laughs> we're, we're on the right, same wavelength. Right. I almost, almost sound like a Dr. Seuss. Book. I like your brain. Your yeah, brain, like my your brain. brain. We kiss, you kiss. <laughs> but that's to me is more intimacy. But yeah, so I, no, you know, that's when a you really say good point. A that's good kiss, Kev. What's a good kiss? Physical. I mean, you can go like this, and it could be physical. I don't know, Dr. Tim. What do you? What are your thoughts? Well, from a I have lots standpoint. of thoughts going through my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't think there's enough research on kissing. Mm -hmm. Like if. If one person identified someone as being a good kisser, would they kiss 10 people and be a good kisser to all 10? Mm -hmm. Probably not, because yeah. everyone has their own style and, and their always own that too. expectations mm -hmm. um, related to kissing. And mm -hmm. so um, I think some of it's personal preference. You know, some mm -hmm. people like sloppy that. wet kisses, and <laughs> mm -hmm. some people like, you know, deep kisses, and, and some, some people, people like nibble to control the kiss. Like, yeah. I've heard people when they're mm -hmm. talking about, like, oh, I'm a good kisser because I can, like, I can teach them how to kiss, well, or like uh -huh. I can move them the way that they need to. Right. And I'm just like, wait a minute. All the I, time? I'm still, right, right. I'm still in no, shock. Right. I'm still in shock because the esteemed therapist said sloppy wet kiss. <laughs> 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 I mean, what is it? I mean, we're trying to get to the essence of what mm -hmm. sensuality is about, experiencing the senses. And I had the opportunity this week to be in four different neighborhoods on campus as we were doing massages, 15-minute mm. massages for students, and reflexology with the feet, and monitoring body language, and monitoring these students who were absolutely, before and after pictures were, am were amazing. Really? That's cool. And it was touched by a stranger, but it was touched with permission, mm -hmm. and it was touched where they knew this person was caring and trying to help them, mm -hmm. and they could release, and it was just like amazing. Some of these guys would get from a chair like, Oh, <laughs> well, it was like a chair orgasm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, 
But, so to go back to your question yeah. to me, I think uh, what makes a good kiss is the understanding that it's going to happen beforehand. I can't think of a great kiss where I was like, all right, I'm going in. They're not going to expect it. So not necessarily true. the communication, although it'd be great to be like, hey, you want to kiss right now? Like, yeah, let's go kiss. Um, <laughs> the communication was nonverbal and we both knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like somebody was going in for a surprise. So you're a covert or, kisser, not an I can tell you kisser. my worst kiss was when I didn't expect it. And I was just like, whoa, okay. Now, maybe I didn't want it either, but I didn't expect it. And I think the best kiss I can think of what made it great was because we both knew that we both wanted it then. And you're mindful, too, because mm-hmm. if you didn't expect it, you were in someplace else mentally sure. in another moment. You know, So if you're expecting it, you're both into this, you're kind of going for it. You, you're there. And you're the like moment, a sensual agreement almost. Yeah. You're yeah. a partner. Huh. Now, do you get a lot of questions on kissing? I don't. Okay. Which, you know, kind of goes back to what mm-hmm. uh, Dr. D was asking at the meeting. How much do I talk about it in therapy or teach it in therapy? I, um, I, but it is a common um, complaint that's often difficult for them to bring up in front of their partner. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll get it when I meet with somebody individually. They're like, oh, I just can't stand the way they kiss. Mm-hmm. And that is a painful mm-hmm. kind of place for me because yeah. I do think that kissing is such an important part of the whole experience. And if that part is off the table, I think they're missing out. And then how do you how do you say that to a partner you know, that you're bad at that? And can you teach hmm. um, kissing? Yeah, and can that improve? I... Can, can, do you uh, find yourself in a position where you can teach what sensuality is all about and, and introduce that into the concept of their sexual experience or their relationship? Well, I see my job as helping them first to explore what it means to them. So, you know, sometimes sending them home with homework for them to mm-hmm. be more in touch and more mindful throughout mm-hmm. the week of what what did they, did they have experiences that were sensual and um, what helps them to feel sexy or what helps them to feel sensual and just kind of putting that responsibility on them to tap into more of those mm-hmm. things. But do you define sensual for them or do you let them define sensual? I, I think I, I put it out there as this, like we talked about at the beginning, sensuality is about the five senses. It's how mm-hmm. you experience the world using da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and we go mm-hmm. over all those different things, and um, it's, about, it's about noticing, it's about being more present in our everyday world. You don't just see a rose and say there's a rose. You, you touch the rose, and you smell the rose, mm-hmm. and you appreciate it, and mm-hmm. just give them examples like that. So, uh, but it's, so it's kind of just raising that in their consciousness and then opening up space, lots Mm -hmm. of space. Mm -hmm. And I think we experimented with a couple of different metaphors. um, And I like the idea of circularity when talking about sexuality, but I educate every couple uh, the difference between seeing sexuality as uh, climbing a mountain Mm -hmm. where orgasm is reaching the mountain and that's our goal and we get there as fast as possible and if we don't get there we fail Mm -hmm. and compare that to uh, a model which I'm a big advocate of taking a walk through a like a a meadow Mm -hmm. where as you walk you're noticing you're appreciating you're listening you're hearing and anything along the path can be fun and sensual and you can have an orgasm along the way but if you had an orgasm on that path it doesn't mean the path is over or done Mm -hmm. right that it's just it's a part of because the orgasm isn't necessarily intimacy maybe the if there is a path if that's the model the end goal is is intimacy not 
an orgasm mm-hmm. or something, you know, like right. a deeper level of connectedness. The road trip is more fun than the destination. Right. It's not the destination, yeah. it's a journey. <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. Huh. So we're trying there, to get couples to reconceptualize <laughs> their connectedness and mm-hmm. and what and and appreciate all of it and mm-hmm. not have it be so much about like how do we get from point A to point B as fast right. as possible. What is the biggest challenge as you're trying to, you know, help people understand about sensuality and maybe what challenges do they bring back when they're trying to do that homework of Mm -hmm. exploring one another? Let me answer that and ask you the question at the same time. (laughs) Because one of the more, uh, one of the uh, very uh, important things you said was being present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's probably one of the most difficult things to do for people is to have them be present. How do you teach them to be present for the touch? How do you teach him to be present for the kiss? I mean, is it possible? To, because to me, that's that's the key. Mm-hmm. You said it. It's being present in the moment for that experience. Well, as we all know, um, sometimes just telling people not to think about things uh, does not help them to be more present. Mm-hmm. It is the classic, don't think of a pink elephant, and that's the first thing that you think, think about, of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was research, just uh, something, something I read, maybe on Psychology Today website this, I love psychology this today. week, um, was talking about this idea of what do you do with a distracted brain. Mm-hmm. And they, they had a whole section that's very much in line with what I teach my clients, which is um, you, let, you notice the thought and let it move on through. Mm-hmm. You notice the thought and let it move on through. But the more you try to like har- strong arm it and mm-hmm. say, I will not think about that, I will not think about that, um, the less able you are because you're using so much energy to hold back the thoughts. And so mm-hmm. you have to just, it's about the flow yeah. and letting Even in it meditation, move. it's like you're going to yeah, have stuff coming. They're like, go back to thinking about breathing. Don't say, I'm not going to think about it. Acknowledge right. it. Mm-hmm. Pass it. Right. Mm-hmm. Think it's about true. what you were thinking about before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think about specifically, I mean, this is so crucial when um, trying to help men who are experiencing erectile difficulties because when those thoughts are popping into their head about, oh my gosh, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, is it happening? Is it not happening? Um, is it going to be just like the last time? Is she going to be disappointed? Oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. That whole litany of, I mean, they, it's, they'll never get an erection. They're just so mm-hmm. distracted by mm-hmm. those thoughts. And so that's why the, the sensuality exercises are so important because instead of letting themselves be um, focused on the thoughts, I right. say turn back to what we learned in the initial exercises and focus on what's sensual about your partner's body mm-hmm. and being able to touch and you refocus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, I guess the other example that, that fits is if you have a toddler and they're, they want something that they're not supposed to have, mm-hmm. they can't get it out of their mind. Mm-hmm. And just telling but them no doesn't just work. Just telling them no doesn't work. But and, you refocus and, them. Yeah. But if you redirect their attention to something that appeals to them even more, mm-hmm. then that's the ticket. And mm-hmm. so if you get people to be able to shift and and then um, cha- you know, move their attention onto something that's more sensual mm-hmm. or erotic about their partner, mm-hmm. that's, that's much more powerful than mm-hmm. I will not think about this, I will not think mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I like that. I like that, a shift of focus and not saying that instead of beating yourself up, over even thinking about it or shoot now I thought about it and now I'm going to ruin the whole experience and now you know now I'm thinking of it and I'm in my head yeah point. let's go mm-hmm. back to what I was doing and okay this is still enjoyable and right. I like it's that. the difference between spectating and being present yeah mm-hmm. and being present and, and yeah. I think being present is 
such a difficult concept. Mm -hmm. Such a difficult concept because we have such a goal-oriented right. you know, and culture. I, and I think, mm -hmm. about, I think about the, you know, uh, what has happened over on Mount Everest and, you know, with the uh, catastrophe there and how many people are so focused on climbing Mount Everest, but they don't ever, ever focus on the journey up. It's mm -hmm. only when they get to the top, mm. but they're, and they're not present, and that's what leads to a lot of the accidents, actually, to be honest, because they're not present step by step because they're so focused on getting to the top. And, and, and being present means you will experience that moment, and mm -hmm. with sensei focus, back in the old days <laughs> when I used to do I would you know, have somebody touch their partners, and they had to talk about how that touch felt, but mm -hmm. also the person who was touching had to talk about how that right. felt mm -hmm. and be in the moment right then and there and thinking too for instance what bring back your uh, mount everest analogy you know asking okay why do we do it mm -hmm. so for instance as we're looking at our senses okay why do i why do i touch like this why do i experience like this not only for yourself but for your partner as well because again it comes back to the mindfulness mm -hmm. you know and i think mm -hmm. it's interesting because I, I i love getting the compliment like oh you're a good kisser or oh, oh yeah you know and it's so like when you experience when you understand each other's senses you get those compliments and it feels good because mm -hmm. it feels good to understand everybody else and who senses. doesn't think they're a good kisser i'm I pretty know. sure everybody thinks <laughs> they're an excellent kisser you know what i mean but who are the I weird am. kissers out there because no, I know I'm a good kisser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Panel. Oh, oh, okay. My wife, she thinks I suck, but... Uh, <laughs> no. Dennis, but, and, and Tina, when we're talking about being present and, and you, you want to kind of ex acknowledge these things that are inhibiting you from continuing being present, let's say, cultural background, mm -hmm. when people have ingrained in them that this touch, this kind of... Uh, exchange between you two is not necessarily right for certain environments and or right at all how is it just a huge barrier that you just kind of have to continue going through or or is that a barrier that really kind of leaves them a lost cause like if mm -hmm. you have a background where you're culturally not given permission to do that mm -hmm. how does one give themselves permission outside of that when they want to when they feel that they are sensual beings when it's they like feel a sensual, sensual baby you know yeah. like if you haven't had any sort of experience or exposure to that and you are you're a sensual baby mm -hmm. you're a toddler wow my out experience out is that people can can um get beyond it get beyond that mm -hmm. but it's hard depending on this the how um shame-based they were mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um how much they subscribe to those things that they'll still impact but you know i think when you have a partner that you're committed to that's also giving permission and saying that's really important to me and mm -hmm. I feel so connected to you when you do that that it helps to override some of those messages that they might have gotten mm -hmm. along the way that they know um, aren't helping to they're not helping their relationship and mm -hmm. so sometimes people can make a conscious um, effort to reevaluate those and decide which ones they want to keep and which mm -hmm. ones they don't Mm -hmm. It's interesting, too, because when you think about, okay, maybe this person doesn't like to be touched, or maybe they've never experienced touch before, so then do their other senses escalate in terms of where they want to, they're more prone to good vocal. smells or vocal cues, yeah. you know, those kind of things. And I don't know what the answer is there, but just a thought. Anthropologically, the species needs to be touched. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, we need touch. We mm -hmm. need touch to survive. I mean, it's, it's, it's shown that. So. I think most of the cultural stuff is difficult, but much of it can, can be overcome mm -hmm. in some ways. I stood out here on Farm Lane and watched a, there's a group on campus called Free Hugs. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And I saw a woman there, probably uh, on Middle Eastern descent, with a big sign saying free hugs. Everyone stopped. Really? Everyone stopped and gave her a hug. There were guys riding by on bike, bikes. They stopped their bikes and they get off. Guys stopped his car. Came, came a big hug. And, and it was just... What a cool organization. I want to be a part. <laughs> we'll start. We'll start. Yeah. So, uh, it was just about touch, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Bill Masters used to always say of Masters and Johnson, he said, if you can move any part on your body, you can touch. Mm-hmm. If you can feel anywhere on your body, you can touch. So you can be sensuous. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and he used to say that in reference to people with disabilities or couldn't get mm-hmm. erections and stuff. But, but everybody really needs touch. But mm-hmm. so what... what and what might say, what makes a good hug? Because I'll, I'll, I was just gonna ask I'll say something right now. She is the best hugger. Oh. <laughs> Abby is the best hugger because, mm-hmm. and, and I get a lot of hugs from students, and some of them are perfunctory, and some of them are like, you know, like, goodbye. But Abby comes up and she, she It's embrace. such a welcome, it's like, hey, I'm conscious. <laughs> a good hug from me is more emotional. Mm-hmm. That's why I was asking you about a good kiss. What makes a good kiss? You know, a good hug to me is We all need to kiss Abby, too, then. <laughs> <laughs> she is a good kisser, she says. Ah, she we're says, not going oh, there. Oh, no. Abby, you going to get involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> the FCC might get on us. <laughs> I know, right? Abby's going to set up on these Charlie mm-hmm. Brown things, five cents for a kiss. Kissing booth. Kissing booth. This is good. To me, for me, personally, a touch is, touch is good when I know the person cares, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, and you feel appreciated. Well, you just feel like that person's happy to be mm-hmm. near you, touching you, or be in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like... Yeah, so I showed a video in um, my uh, grad graduate class this week, and I have to insert it here because it just feels so powerful mm-hmm. related to the relational implications of touch. Uh, so you can put someone into a brain scan um, where you can watch their brain light up and, you know, they can test. uh, And the long and short of it is that um, if you shock them, give them shocks and ask them to rate the level of pain that they feel Mm -hmm. um, when they're on their own, it's their, you know, there's a certain level of pain that they rate for that set um, intensity of shock mm-hmm. and if a stranger holds their hand they rate it often the same but if their partner holds their hand the same shock intensity they rate lower as, wow. as hurting less wow that's so that's cool. like the protective mechanism of feeling Absolutely. safe and with someone that, and feeling phenomenal. like and so wow. i really like you know when you when couples can turn to each other and not just with physical pain like mm-hmm. getting shocked but it's that emotional mm-hmm. pain of life mm-hmm. i mean we can tolerate that more when somebody's right there with us absolutely I mean, not just not just intellectually but physically mm-hmm. holding our hands um oh, and related to that there's if any of you want to try this sometimes if you're going to have a difficult decision or discussion with your partner that typically would end up in a fight mm-hmm. Hold hands while you're wow. talking about it. Oh, I love it. that idea. It That's is great. physically and intellectually harder to fight if mm-hmm. you're touching each other. Maybe we should try this in meetings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Administrative meetings. I like that. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen myself. meetings where we all sit there and hold hands. <laughs> There's a lot of squeezes, maybe. With, with even my siblings, I've seen myself even... Uh, for my own sake, because I, I can see something escalating. I'll get even closer, pre- like, in, in proximity, proximity to them mm-hmm. because I'm like, 
okay, I know you're going to run away, but I want you here. Like, I want you. And so I'll, I'll grab their hand. Mm-hmm. I'll even say something that might be offensive, but since I'm touching them, I'm just trying to let them know this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. But if I would have been separated from them, right. they would have walked away. That's my brother would have walked away. My sister would have walked away. But, like, I, it wasn't me attacking them. I just knew it would have been a situation where they would have gone. And so mm-hmm. I've seen myself, you know, kind of use the proximity, even the touch to kind of... Mm-hmm. I know you're going to get angry, so just come here because I don't mean to get you mm-hmm. angry. It's just right. how I feel about this situation. And because it comes back to the connection aspect, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like even having a conversation and, you know, holding someone's shoulder mm-hmm. or you're trying to, you're seeking that emotional connection and through that you might act physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so important what, what Dr. T yeah. said. I think just so, it's, it's about the whole human connection. It's yeah, about feeling that. one. It's about, you know, feeling like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so important. So if we go back to what definition of sensuality is you know it, it's really about experiencing together mm-hmm. you know i always thought uh, uh when i was back in the group uh, the anthropological group we, we talked about the word remember and most people think remembering is bringing back thoughts but remembering means bringing together hmm. remembering mm-hmm. and, oh, and right. so so when we talk about you know couple experiences when you say when is, what what are the best thoughts you can remember it's about coming together. It's about the coming together of, of people. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't really used to, to talk about can you thought. It was about how you joined with somebody else. And most of your best rememberings are with another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Wow, I like that. Mm-hmm. As, and as we're talking about this, like cuddling comes to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of cuddling and if people I feel like that's constant. People ask like, "Oh, are you a cuddled person? Are you mm-hmm. not a cuddled person?" You know, oh, the girls like the cuddling, the guys don't. All those different, you know, parameters that we've set for ourselves. Right. But what are your thoughts on cuddling and that connection and you know, hugging? I'm kissing? a guy and I like to cuddle. Okay, <laughs> I love I'm it. just saying, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and yeah, we haven't talked at all. I mean, physical touch releases powerful um, mm-hmm. hormones mm-hmm. that uh, bond people mm-hmm. together. That's. Mm-hmm. And that's why touch is uh, so important. I mean, it's not just, I mean, there's a physical surge that goes along with um, physical touch. The feel good, that cocktail of feel good hormones that gets released. I mean, love is a drug, Mm -hmm. as they say. Yeah. Well, and you guys (laughs) talked about, I can't remember, I think it was Dennis did um, about the babies. I mean, it's been proven that babies who don't get touched when they're when they're young, has struggle mm-hmm. in, in development, adolescence, and even throughout life. And so if that doesn't yeah. tell you something about mm-hmm. our need to be touched, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My wife and I would, be, yeah, as we talk about this, you realize, oh, God, I haven't been she connected with this? my wife. She... <laughs> yeah, right. But we used, we used to do what we call foot and back every night. I would sit behind her and put my feet around her, and she'd rub my feet and rub her back. And it was probably the most sensuous thing we did. And it was reconnecting. It was remembering and I just realized we haven't done that in a while, and and you don't feel as close. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. don't just don't feel as close. So I don't feel connected. Because last night, she said to me, "I hope you're not listening, dear." She said to me, oh, "We need to talk." Uh, and, and I said, "What do you want to talk about?" She, I just want to connect. And I was like, "Oh, Aww. that's right. You know, I've been working late nights. She's been mm-hmm. working late nights. We haven't done putting back." And mm-hmm. that's what I think is sensuality. Mm-hmm. For me way better than sexuality mm-hmm. way better than any mm-hmm. sexual experience it's right. it's it's everlasting too mm-hmm. it's yeah. you know it just connects you mm-hmm. you know and i think sometimes we focus on intercourse and having simultaneously orgasm i use orgasm kevin orgasm, or, orgasm <laughs> is because we think that's what's going to connect us you know mm-hmm. when we had dr john lee on here and he talked about the spirituality mm-hmm. of 
and, and that people try to you know try to find that connectedness that remembering through intercourse it, sometimes it can happen but most times it's not where you're going to find that connection mm-hmm. you're going to find a release and maybe some good tremblings mm-hmm. but boom it's over with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can Short-lived. find you know those little butterflies exist in yeah. other capacities and you know when somebody says i love you or when you just start thinking about somebody it's you know you get those feelings and that feeling sometimes you remember more they come more often than that orgasm feeling right. and it's it's a cool thing that is a cool thing yeah. so we can't get through the show without mentioning um, the importance of com- well oh no masturbation oh. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't <laughs> said masturbation yet what else have we <laughs> now we did masturbation is good it has touch it has everything yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these no I was going for the C word that's communication I mean we can't get through a yeah. show just I mean be talking with mm-hmm. your partner mm-hmm. not expecting them to read their, your mind about yeah. what's central to you and have conversations about it what are your more most sensual experiences and where do you like to you know where are your erogenous zones and you paying attention more and it it's always um you know i've told i've told my husband so many times oh my gosh when you kiss the back of my neck it's like oh it's <laughs> right. like fireworks i'm like dude why do you not do that every single day yeah, <laughs> right, good right. things come from that right, right. i hope you're listening yeah. 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 This, this, is when this is broadcast oh. <laughs> this has become like a panel therapy yeah, right <laughs> Give our own messages to I our want partners. this, please. Yeah. And why is it so much easier said than done, mm-hmm. pun not intended, about mm-hmm. communication? You know, like, why is it so much easier? I mean, we know this. I know I have a hard time telling my partner that, like, the things that I want. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that's not fair. I know, I know this inherently mm-hmm. that I am not being a good communicator in both ways neither of us are so why is that so much harder it just it's almost so frustrating because it's silly because i you know in what i do i talk about stds all the time so Mm -hmm. taboo subjects and sex are not things that maybe it's the intimacy because we don't talk a lot about intimacy we talk about the result of sexual or sexual experiences so i'm like why is that so hard for me like i don't know and why is that hard for people because i think that that is a very big blocker to sensuality and intimacy overall. I think for me personally, the idea of talking so specific, like this is what I like, is foreign to me because it has been an uncomfortable thing. But mm-hmm. I also think that, oh, yeah. that nonverbal communication can be there too. The the nod of the head. That's like, true. I mean, if people don't want to have that actual conversation about it, um, you can generalize by saying, you know, if I like this, usually I'll probably do this mm-hmm. or like let them know certain things. Cause I, I know that there are people out there like myself where that conversation might not come out so easily. Oh, it's so with vulnerability words, is difficult. With words. It is. And, it's very difficult. And it might be my nonverbals that'll let the person know that that's what I like. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I squealed because you kissed the back of my neck, it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, letting them know that those are positive positive communications that might not be the words itself. I think Kevin needs a group hug. I do. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. Well, that brings us to about the end of our show, but I think we covered a lot today. We got yes. through five pages of an agenda. Yeah. You know, we did well. Hugs for free from all right. of sex exposure free. panelists. Yeah. We found out we're all good huggers and good mm-hmm. kissers, That's so we right. feel pretty solid about ourselves. The infamous bad kissers are not in the room. I know. We don't know who good. they are. Well, some. <laughs> well, thank you again, panelists. 
panel. This has been a great discussion. Um, and again, this is a monthly segment, Sexposure on Exposure. We couldn't be more thankful to have such a unique, dynamic group of people to share in these experiences and help us understand and normalize conversations. Yeah, we, we yeah. couldn't be more lucky to have such a good host. <laughs> well, thank, so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. thank you very much. It's been a really fun year. Um, I'm turning it over for somebody else for the summer, but we'll be back in the fall. So, And of course, Sexposure will still be happening over the summer. I think you need Sexposure in the summer for sure. It's Time boom year. boom season. It's boom boom season. Boom boom season. Boom boom season. Isn't every season boom boom season? <laughs> it should be. Absolutely. Well, with that, we have Kevin, Dr. Tim, Janelle, and Dr. D. So thank you. You've been Sexposed on Impact, keeping you informed and bidding you farewell until next time. I'm Abby Newton, and this is Exposure on Impact 89 FM. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Now let's talk about sex for now. To the people at home or in the crowd. It keeps coming up anyhow. Don't be coy up boy or make boy the topic. Cause that ain't gonna stop it. Now we talk about sex on the radio and video show. Many to know. Anything goes. Let's tell it like it is. And how it could be. How it was. And of course how it should be. Those who think it's dirty have a choice. Pick up the needle, press pause, or turn the radio off. Will that stop us, George? I doubt it. Alright then, come on, spin. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure.